You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to Touring Broadway from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome, I'm Mo Brady. First national tours are one of the most important calling cards for a Broadway musical. Staged in New York City to cross the country, these facsimiles of Broadway shows bring the experience of attending a mainstream musical to theater lovers across the country. But how similar are these touring productions to their Broadway counterparts? And what's the experience like for performers who pick up their lives in New York to travel the country in one of its casts? Josh Burridge has performed in not one, but two first national tours, Newsies and A Bronx Tale, the musical. In between, he made his Broadway debut in the recent revival of Cats. I asked him into the studio to talk about those two tours, what life was like out on the road, and how those experiences differed from performing on the Great White Way. Here's our conversation. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey. Would you introduce yourself and tell us what neighborhood of New York City you live in? I am Josh Burridge, and I live in, I guess, Morningside Heights slash Upper, Upper, Upper West Side. <laughs> so tell us the first national tours that you've been on. Yeah. Five years ago now, I started Newsies, first national tour. And then a year ago, I did the Bronx Sale tour. How long were you on each of those tours? Newsies was two years, and then the Bronx Sale was about 10 months. Had you seen Newsies or Bronx Tale on Broadway or both? Actually, both, yeah. I remember um, I was in for the Broadway company of Newsies back in the day when I was at, like in high school, just like a fetus. Um, and I was here for Dance Nationals, and my mom was like, we should go see it because you're auditioning for it and you should know what you're doing. So we went one night like after rehearsal for something at Nationals and oh my God, it was incredible. A Bronx Tale, I think I actually saw like three times. Wow. (laughs) You call me a Bronx Tale fan. (laughs) (laughs) How similar was the tour show Mm -hmm. to the Broadway show? Um, I think it was really similar except for they added the crutchy song. But I think that was the only real difference. I remember that was the only thing that they were like really testing if they wanted to include it in the tour or not. Uh, but besides that, it was pretty similar like, with the towers as far as set-wise and choreography. And maybe I think we were missing like one newsy, but it was pretty similar. All right. um, I think another cool thing about 
touring shows versus Broadway shows is a lot of the times they're able to make any changes to the show that they wanted to in New York, whether it's little things or it's big things like adding whole numbers or changing numbers. I think that's really cool that they get another chance to dive back into the show and either make changes for the audiences around the country or just because for their own artistic reasons. Was A Bronx Tale very different on tour than it was on Broadway? Actually, it was pretty different because um, our set was pretty different. We had no automation really in our production. Um, and the, a lot of the set in New York was like all automated. Um, so we were using these fire escapes and staircases as choreography and cool things. Um, they made some really cool changes with what they had with the set. Was the script any different or the just the physical production? It was mostly the physical production. Um, Sergio definitely made some choreography changes too, depending on what you know the dancers could do or he was great with letting people do what they were comfortable with or he made changes if like they could do a trick or something. So that was really awesome. But mostly mostly technical things. Um, now, the Nederlander is a rather small house. What are mm-hmm. the houses that you're playing to when you're touring the country? Oh my gosh, you're playing touring houses. Actually, very few of them are as small as the Nederlander. I remember we played the Fox in Atlanta and I think it was like 4,500 seats. So pretty large houses. Most are around like 2,000 or more. And it's rare that we get a house that's... So these theaters are different sizes in front of the proscenium. Are they different sizes behind the proscenium as well? Oh, yeah. We played opera houses. So those are typically... I remember we played one in Dallas, and it basically was like four stages like backstage. So it's ginormous. And then some of the houses, the National Theater in D.C. is pretty small. So that's nice, tight, and intimate like a Broadway house. And in some cases, too, this past time playing uh, the National Theater with a Bronx tale, we had to pull in the proscenium. So it's always changing. Everyone, you know, kind of has to adjust to whatever stage we have or backstage. Coming back to San Francisco, that was our first city. It was a smaller backstage. A lot of our changes were underneath the stage versus our, a lot of our changes were behind the stage. I remember the first time in the city, everyone was just like crossing fingers because people were like sprinting to costume changes. And it definitely is, you have to give yourself so much more time. Um, and it was just remembering that also, oh, I don't actually do my costume change back here in the city. Because when you're doing the show, you're not really thinking of those things until you get off stage. And I just remember everybody being like, and it kind of in a panic, having to do all these changes. So when you get to theaters, are you getting rehearsal? Like what happens when you get to a new city? Uh, We'll always do a sound check and a meeting before just to go over, you know, safety exits for the theater and where dressing rooms are and any changes we had to make to the deck, uh, depending on how much space we have. And just like a review of the space, just so we know uh, what we're getting ourselves into because we have a show that night and then we're off. (laughs) Who travels with the show? Is it just the actors? Is it some crew? Is it the orchestra? Who's part of the traveling circus that you're in? It's a pretty big group. We have the cast. Um, depending on how many musicians they need, we have um, you know five to the whole orchestra and then a whole backstage crew. So And company managers, stage managers. It's a large crew. I think Bronx Hill, we had like more than 40 and uh, Newsies similar. So are your dressers the same people from city Um, to city? That actually is one of the only differences is depending on how crazy the costumes are in a show, we have a head wardrobe and the wardrobe assistant and then everyone else uh, is local. So that's a big thing too, getting used to the costume changes. So when we first get to a city, we find local dressers and, you know, discuss quick changes or whatever we need to talk about just to make sure we have like a smooth show. Do you have like an opening night in every 
city? Is it like a party every Tuesday? Most of the time. There's some cities we don't, but most of the time on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, they'll do like a press opening. So it's almost like we're opening every week. <laughs> is that is that fun or is that exhausting? Oh, oh no, it's really fun. <laughs> okay. We always look forward to a Tuesday party. <laughs> okay. Two years. Two years. That's a long time. Oh, yeah. How often were you traveling? Newsies, the first year was... Uh, most cities were about like two weeks, three weeks. We had about four weeks. And then year two was definitely like one week, two week, pretty quick. And the Bronx also was kind of similar, but um, we definitely had more one weekers. Um, so you're traveling like almost every other Monday, almost every week. Yeah. Traveling a lot. How do you get from one city to the next? Either by bus or plane, depending on um, how far you're going. So I think if it's over seven hours, you'll fly. And then if it's under seven hours or so, you'll take a bus. Uh, we f- mostly flew this round because we were kind of all around the country, not really following a certain path. So, And who's sitting on the bus with you? Everybody's on the bus, but everyone, depending on the contract again, gets their own seat or, you know, has to buddy up. You can choose to buddy up if you want, you know, you want to have a travel buddy. Oh, so like the two seats next to each other, that can be like contractual that you have both seats to yeah, yourself? I think depending on the contract, they have to give you both seats or that could happen but like they are not obligated to two seats. What's the furthest that you had to travel on a travel day? I remember our longest travel day. It's not even that far, but in Newsies, we were going from Nashville to Durham. And it was supposed to be, I think, like five hours, but ended up being like eight hours. Or it was just, it was a long day. Is there some sort of car that you can use if you don't have your own car? Yeah, depending on how far from the theater you are, they are obligated to get you a rental car. And again, like kind of in your contract, you could negotiate getting a rental car for each city. That's something that I definitely, I took from this thing. I was like, (laughs) next time if I tour, I would definitely ask. What's a golden day? Ooh, I love golden days. (laughs) Golden days are when you're in a city and you're not traveling, basically. So if you're in a city longer than one week, you have the full Monday off. They're beautiful. You get to do whatever you want. And you're not, you don't have to move. You have like a real day off. Absolutely. And it's really the only way you have a day off. Yeah. What was your best golden day on the Bronx Tale Tour? Speaking of Napa Valley, it was Napa Valley. <laughs> okay, so I'm sensing a theme here. Oh, yeah, wine. <laughs> How much of these cities do you get to see? Or are you stuck inside the building? Not all the time are we stuck. If we have a lot of rehearsals, sometimes, like new cast members, sometimes we're in the building for a lot of the days. But most times we have, you know, opening night and then almost the whole week until our two show Saturday, two show Sunday. So we get most days like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to really explore and see each city, which is nice. Was the itinerary for Bronx Tale pretty similar to the Newsies itinerary? Yeah, it was. Uh, we almost hit all the same cities. I think I went to like three new cities that I hadn't gone to with Newsies. What have been your favorite cities to visit? I found a love for San Francisco. Uh, it's a beautiful city. I just love, it's so easy to get to, you know, the Redwoods and all these incredible sites in Napa. um i feel like i've made so many great memories there so returning there this past year was like awesome so in each city are you staying in a hotel are you staying in an airbnb do you choose city by city it definitely depends this round of touring i preferred staying in airbnb just because you definitely can keep that sense of normalcy and having a kitchen and you know your own bedroom and bathroom and that all depends like san francisco for instance actually it's a pretty expensive city so Usually we'll find something a little further away because the stuff downtown is, you know, relatively expensive. So sometimes they'll put us up pretty close to a city and then other times we're a little bit further, but they have awesome, you know, transit that can get us right to the theater. 
So how does that work contractually? There's like a hotel they offer to put you in and then you can what, do a buyout? Explain that process. Yeah, depending on the contract, they'll offer just one hotel or you'll have two hotel options. And then no matter what, you'll always get a buyout option um, and you'll get your full per diem. You can use to spend as, like, you know, as much on your housing or you can find a really awesome cheaper Airbnb and just save money and not spend a ton, which is that's also really awesome. That's a plus. Do you end up housing with the same people city after city or are you are you picking new friends every time you go (laughs) sometimes actually this time touring too i found a group where we all were always on the same boat like every every new city that came out we were like okay let's find an airbnb for us for and it's nice to just find a group that you are good almost like your roommates um that you live with well because that makes it easier to find an airbnb and it is fun to we got a bigger house for one city with a bunch of people in the cast and that was really fun but it's definitely harder to find that uh, around the country like you kind of find your little group and you find your little airbnbs and yeah what makes a perfect airbnb like what are you looking for what are you putting over in the in the filters yes. when you're looking definitely a lot of bedrooms enough for everyone to have their own this is like a dream um, <laughs> a large kitchen outdoor space would be ideal maybe a pool i mean that's harder but yeah just i think space is always nice because yeah, uh, you're with the same people all the time, so it's nice when you can have your time to just go off and zen out or do your own little thing. Yeah, something spacious. All right, so how much stuff can you bring with you as you live on the road for a year? Kind of as much as you can pack into two suitcases. You get two 50-pound suitcases, a carry-on, um, and you'll have a trunk, basically this giant box that they'll travel for you that you can stuff jackets and whatever else you don't want to throw in your luggage. Um, and I really use up every inch of <laughs> any bag I have. <laughs> so what's in your trunk? I kind of think I'm a hoarder because I will just find like I started putting in winter clothes when I don't need it. As a tour, as I accumulated things, I would start to just throw in kind of anything like anything I collected in each city, like mugs or gifts or something like whatever I have collected. You're, you're <laughs> traveling with these mugs all across. The oh, yeah. I'm trunk. surprised I haven't broken any. So I want to ask you now about being on Broadway. So you performed in Newsies for two years on the road, and then you made your debut in Cats. Yes. What was most surprising about performing in New York versus performing on the road? The most surprising thing, although it isn't surprising when you think about it, was just how, not relaxing, but kind of relaxing it was to just be able to go from home to the theater and not have to think about in however many weeks I have to travel or, you know, Monday I have to travel. I think it was just the comfort being able to be home and just going to your show at night and then coming back home after. And Did the show feel different to perform? It did, especially, well, I was swinging for the first time, so that felt different. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, this was my dream forever, so every night being on stage, I couldn't help but always think, being like, oh my God, this is Broadway. It was hard to leave my mind. It was awesome. Is the support structure of the show different on Broadway than it was on tour? Uh, it feels kind of the same. It actually almost feels a little more intimate because you always have the same dressers and the same people in the theater. Sometimes, you know, subs will come in and stuff, but... Because it's the same people, it actually almost feels less. But it, it's really nice to be able to go and know your dresser and make re- those relationships because you know they're not going anywhere. When you're out on the road, how do you maintain a sense of perspective and real life and normalcy? Yeah, that's actually really important. I found that throughout the years of touring. I think, you know, being able to have a kitchen, whatever you have in your own like bedroom in New York or wherever you live, and bringing that to tour so that you you do have that sense of normalcy and home around you is really nice and keeps you sane, you know, it, because touring is pretty crazy. 
um, and being able to, you know, grocery shop and kind of continue the things that you would do in your real life on tour helps it keep it feel normal and definitely keeps you sane. <laughs> Does that end up leading to some sort of like Groundhog Day feeling of like continually having the same week over and over again, but in slightly different places? You would think, but because each city is so different, it really does feel different, which is kind of nice. Like you just have to kind of keep it fresh in your head. That's what I always like to enjoy each city and and go out and explore because or else it does feel, you know, like you're just in the cycle of the same thing each week, just traveling and going to a new city and party. But um, each city is so different and each theater is always so generous and nice and they offer something different. So it doesn't totally feel like you're in a Groundhog Day time warp. <laughs> When you've been on tour, have you traveled back to New York City often? Uh, not often. Newsies, we had a few layoffs where we would go. I would go back to New York. They send you back to wherever your home is. A Bronx Hill, we, were, we toured pretty straight through until the summer. We had like two, three-week layoffs. So I was back in the city, which was kind of nice. I got to enjoy summer in the city for a little bit, but also got to go back to tour. I want you to go back to your first time going out on tour. Is there something you wish you would have known? Like, Is there something that now experienced Josh would tell newbie newsies josh absolutely i think this round of touring i was definitely comparing you know all the things that i had taken from newsies just like saving money and i stayed in way more airbnbs this round i just found the importance in like having a home on the road they definitely were two different experiences it's hard to almost compare and i felt more of, of an adult this round so doing more adult things like worrying about money and all that fun stuff <laughs> So if you had to give advice to somebody going out on tour, what would you tell them? I would say enjoy every moment, explore every city. There are so many incredible cities in the country, and this is the best way of seeing those places. Take advantage of your free time in each city. Enjoy the people on the road because you'll make probably some of your best friends. Why is that? Why do people get so close when they tour? It seems like you're pretty close with your Newsies cast yeah i live with like half of them <laughs> <laughs> i think because you know those are your only people you're with at all times which you know you kind of grow like a sibling relationship because you're you got each other's nerves but you're also each other's biggest supporters so i think because it's you know your only people around you you just grow this bond that you wouldn't necessarily grow with you know when you're just going home every night in new york Special thanks to Josh Burridge for sharing his stories with us this week. You can learn more about him and how to connect with him online by visiting our website, theensemblist.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. You can help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We're almost there, guys. We're almost at 300. You can do it. You can download episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. Follow The Ensemblist on Instagram to see the latest posts from our website, where we share the stories of talented artists working in ensembles in the dance world, in Broadway, off-Broadway. It's lots of people. Lots of great people. It's a great place. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> 